Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago. I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. Hey, so if you're in marriage counseling, you're trying everything to win your marriage back, you're just trying to figure stuff out, and nothing seems to be working, you're doing probably the wrong thing. So that's why I created my five-day challenge for men just like you who are on the cusp of separation or divorce. You're trying to figure stuff out. You don't know what to do. So look, in this five-day challenge, I'm going to help you gain clarity on what you need to be doing. I'm going to help you understand the pain that you're in and what you need to be doing about it, how to fix that. All of this in five days for just five bucks. That's right. Five-day challenge five bucks. That's it. Get in. Do it now. Don't wait any longer. Get in right now. Do the work. It's easy. Every day you're going to get assignments. Every day you're going to get an action step to take so that you're moving forward and you're going to stop the paralysis that you're in right now where you don't know what to do. You're stuck. All that other stuff. It comes to an end today. Jump in right now. Five bucks. That's all it costs. Jump in today. Let's see on the other side. All right, guys. Welcome to Empowered AF version 2.0. Version 2.0 is 2.0 because we're not just talking about you in the midst of your separation divorce. We're talking about all things, all men. And at the same time, I also wanted to bring on different guests that we never had before to talk about all kinds of cool things. Today, in particular, my guest, Teresa Young, runs The Respected Man. Thank you, Teresa, for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to share what we're going to share today. So what's funny is uh, Teresa and I have a common friend, uh, Keith Yaki, who's been on the podcast before, runs The Married Game. We love Keith. And he was telling me about this gal that he'd been working with uh, on doing some promotional stuff. And I, w- I was like, Keith, who is it? And she, he didn't tell me. He never told me who this person was. And I happened to be on TikTok because you guys know I'm on TikTok now. I got a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old in the house. So I got to learn this TikTok. Yeah, so <laughs> that's how TikTok. I got on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So I got on TikTok and, and I was just scrolling through. And thankfully for my FYP for your page, Teresa Young comes up and she's talking about marriage and guys and and respect. And I'm like, wait a minute. I wonder if this is the same lady. So I click on her link. I go to her Instagram and there it was my buddy Keith with her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is who it is. So I'm so glad we crossed paths. Um, your, your story's phenomenal. Just a little bit of getting to know you. Um, and so today we want to talk about a couple of things, specifically the respected man. Tell me more about your journey a, a little bit, just to give my audience a little bit of understanding of who you are, what you do and why respected man. I would love to share that with you. Well, let's go back to TikTok because that's yeah. where it all started. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, I have a 16 year old son and he's always told me I should run my businesses on TikTok. And I was like, ah, TikTok's for kids. And he's like, mom, TikTok's where it's at. And I'm like, no, it's not. And so I would go on TikTok and like, you know, make uh, TikToks on there and then post them on Reels because I didn't love the real editor. So I would make them on TikTok and upload them into Reels. That was about all I did on TikTok. I had 46 followers. And uh, it was in January of last year that I was on TikTok and I was, I'm always on there. Like I mindlessly, mindlessly will scroll on there like most people do, but I was always looking at like marriage tips and relationship tips and advice because I personally have burned down three marriages to the ground (laughs) and Phil is a failure. So I'm always searching. How can I show up as a better wife? I love being married. I love being, I've been in a relationship. I've been in three marriages for 22 years of my life. So I've been married since I was 19. So um, 
I want to be married again. So how can I show up as a better wife? And so I was noticing this pattern on TikTok and everything that's on there is bashing men. It's mm. telling men how men should show up. And men are on TikTok saying, ladies, if he's a real man, he's going to show up and do this. And what I found is there's not enough information of what a real woman does and how she should show up in a marriage. Mm. And that's where I felt I failed in my marriages. I felt that I didn't show up in a way that was loving to him, <clears throat> but yet <clears throat> I expected him to show up and love me the way I needed to be loved. Even, you know, I go to church. I know you do as well. And there's just not enough pastors that are calling women out and teaching women how to show up and love their men, you know? And so I started kind of seek, I thought, well, nobody knows me on TikTok. I'm going to secretly post how a woman should treat a man. And I posted my third video and I wake up in the morning and I'm making my 16 year old bacon and eggs. And he comes out and he goes, well, good morning, miss TikTok famous. What are you talking about? He goes, mom, your video hit 10 K last night. And I was like, what? And he goes, I told you, I've been telling you forever. That's funny. <laughs> so we have this joke that he's like my TikTok producer and, you know, he takes all the credit, but it's been really fun. And now I have videos over 10 million views and, you know, 16 videos over 4 million views. And it's just popping off. And I continue to, to run with it because I feel like so many women need to understand that men do enjoy sex in a relationship and they do want you to respect them. But respect is just a deep form of admiration for the man that you love. And yeah. shouldn't you really admire the man that you love? It's not, you know, being submissive or giving up who you are, or losing your identity and allowing him to, you know, dominate your life. It's, it's admiring him for who he is. And I also like to talk a lot about the topic of sex because I think even in churches, women get this wrong idea that we're supposed to just please our men, right? Mm -hmm. We're just supposed to show up and give him sex when he wants it because that's what he needs. But it's so different if you actually break it down, you know, it, sex to a man outside of a marriage is yeah, fun. We just have sex. We screw around, whatever, but inside a marriage, it's something completely different to a man yeah. and women don't take the time to understand that that's where he connects with you. He feels wanted, desired, appreciated. He feels loved. He feels connected to you. And, and women, you know, don't view it that same way within a marriage. So I just feel like it's really important. I talk a lot about it on TikTok. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's a massive, massive problem because yeah, there are millions of people that come. Yeah, as, you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking, man, there's probably right now, all my listeners are going, thank you. Thank you for doing this because they're, they like, they probably, you know, a lot of my guys, we know this, they feel just desolated and, and just, mm. especially those of you who are like already in the midst of divorce and, you know, you're weeping at night, you know, you cry yourself to sleep, you know, you know, that the person you slept with all mm. those times, whatever is gone. Right. And you know, that marriage is over and, and you're thinking about it, but like, wow, hearing this is like refreshing. And, and I got to say this is to, if you're already past, you know, there is no return. The marriage is over. You know, you're, you're kind of moving on. She's moving on, et cetera. Like the voice that you're hearing right now coming out of this woman, Teresa, should give you hope for your future. And what I mean by that is that you can create a life that attracts a person like this and, and not necessarily Teresa, but the belief of man should be respected. All those things from a healthy respect, not like a weird, like domineering no. kind of, kind of thing. Right. <laughs> like there's, there's those dichotomies out there, right? We have yes. toxic, 
masculinity, yes. you know, it's not healthy, <laughs> not healthy at all. Um, but what yeah. you're doing is you're bringing back a, a, something that's not talked about, especially when you talk about church, like we don't talk about femininity, masculinity, and like seduction in, in a healthy way at all. And, and I think that's why something like this is needed. And obviously we're not a, we're not a church thing. We're not a ministry thing. Um, but I do have a Christian background and, and that, you know, I have mm-hmm. faith, even though I use the F word, um, you know, <laughs> me too. Of, that's my favorite line. I'm Christian yeah. in a cast. So yeah. my, my wife and I have tagged <laughs> hashtag cr- <laughs> Christians, uh, cussing Christians is our, is our, is our thing. Um, but a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not listening it's, to this guy ever again. It's just an expression. It makes it me is. feel better. <laughs> exactly. Um, Passionate. Exactly. So it's like, we're, you know, this is, this is something that men need to hear because, and the reason I say this is because you're so used to right now, all the negative stuff that you're hearing. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you that there are women out there. And this is not a thing for Teresa. We're not talking about Teresa as a, someone to pick up. We're talking about a belief system that there are other women out there that believe like Teresa believes that man should be respected and that sex is important and, and understands that and values those things. Um, and I just, I gotta say the guys that are probably excited, just hearing this, hopefully in a good way. Right. Well, if you think I, the word respect is, it has such a bad rep. Like it's yeah. not, if respect is what's wrong with our world, we have lost respect in politics. They don't even respect each other. And if you think about it, respect is the first is is felt in the center of your brain. What is the mm-hmm. first part to be born created in a fetus? It's the center at the core of your brain. Mm-hmm. Your I always say this wrong. Your amygdala, but that's what feels amygdala. respect, right? Yeah. yeah, amygdala. So if you think about like that is the first part of a human that is created mm-hmm. in the womb, and so the need for respect in our society as a whole. <laughs> Is there? It, we need to learn to respect, which is just appreciating each other for our own unique differences. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a man and you have gone through a divorce and you're going out there dating again, find a woman that admires you because that's what makes you feel respected. Yeah. She admires you for your qualities and you show up as a strong leader, loyal, make decisions that are honoring to your relationship. You're going to feel that deep form of admiration from her and she will give it to you freely. Yeah. You know, so you have, that's a quality. If you're out there dating, look for a woman that really deeply admires you for what you do and who you are. That was what happened to me in my second, and now my second marriage. Uh, My wife, when we were dating, she admired me. She, she didn't just respect, she respected me. She admired me, all those things. She watched me build empowered man from nothing. And, and the whole way was cheering me on and supporting me. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like you don't have any attack. We're just boyfriend, girlfriend, you know what I mean? And it was like, she just continued and, and now the part of the team and, you know, mm-hmm. and works here for us. And um, this, this is why I always tell guys, I'm like, divorce is not the end of your life. It's the end of a chapter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that your life is over. If this marriage that you had is over, it sucks. Lean into the pain it, it, you mm-hmm. know, embrace the suck as, as it said, but it's not, your life isn't over. In fact, your life has just begun. I got divorced at 40. You know, and it was like, most people are like, they're, they're heading into their retirement years, this sense of, of, well, I've got 20 more years of this and, and, and who starts over at 40, right? I did. And it was actually great. And it, it wasn't as bad as you think it is. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of my things to guys all the time is that like, what you think is bad is not necessarily bad. So one of the things that when you and I were talking earlier uh, about was, you know, as you've gone through now three, you say, and she, she owned her shit, guys. She owned her shit. She hey, literally said, I burned I down say, three marriages. Here's the deal. I, I don't have any excuses, but my first marriage was to my high school sweetheart. We dated on finance since fifth grade. We were kids 
and we were getting married as kids and we had the baby as kids. So we were married for a year and why don't they, you know, divorces fall off your record, like a DUI or something like your criminal <laughs> record. No, bankruptcy, right? seven years it's record. gone. Yeah. Everything else <laughs> falls off the record, but that, yeah. so yes, I admit it. I still have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, my parents were divorced and married more times than that each. Oh so, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as bad. But I learned the thing is learn your lesson. Yeah. Teach others. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and in, the, and in the midst of that was interesting when you and I were talking is you talked about, and this is kind of another subject, right? Um, you talked about how, how it is with you and your ex-husbands around kids, because one of the, mm-hmm. one of the things that I've noticed, and one of the reasons of powered men exists is because we have a fatherless generation. We have a mm-hmm. generation of men who have grown up under the care of a single mom with no father influence. And gosh, those single moms, like I, I give all so much credit for like, like they do their best. So many of them I, I've met and, and, have, and have worked with or been around single moms and you got to give them their credit where credit is due. But at the same time, there is this part of a man, a young man that needs a masculine energy and needs a father because a woman cannot bestow masculinity. She can only give you as much nurture and, and estrogen as possible, right? At the same time, a man needs the masculine. He needs that fathering thing. So when I said that and we were talking about it, you just lit up and you're like, yes, amen. Tell me more. Like what excited you about that? I love to talk about this because I have been a hairstylist for 27 years and worked with women. And I hear the bitterness that comes out of women, especially through divorces and their inability to change their narrative or change their story or just give things to God and trust that things will work out. Um, so many people in divorce situations want to go head to head and like just fight and fight and fight. And it's always boils down to money. And you didn't do this a point fingers when in a sense, if you, if there was no money involved and you both had to come to the table and parent your kids 50, 50, it would be a completely different situation. Right. And the thing about it was, was I, when I got divorced, um, from Zach, he's been on my podcast. He's the father of my two sons who are now 19 and 16. We did a really freaking good job parenting together. And that was our goal. And so whenever it would come to, I felt like this, his story may be different, but whenever it came to finances, I made way less money than him because I I stayed home, did hair out of my kitchen for a while. He made a ton, a ton of money and I did everything for him. I cooked, I cleaned, you know, I, I was a butthole wife. We didn't have sex. I admit it. That was my, you know, back in my twenties that we had little kids learn from that too. But, um, you know, I did everything for him. I was the, so I felt deserving. I, f- I felt deserving to take the money when I left. And so I started to fight. And then I thought this isn't worth it. Like I'm taking my energy that I could be focused on rebuilding my life. And I'm pointing into getting money from somebody that, I, that I don't even know. And it could cost me more in a court system. It's going to cost my kids. You know, it's going to cost their emotional health. It's going to cost my ex-husband and why have such animosity. And so I prayed about it. And I said, give me whatever you think it's worth because I trust that God will give me the rest. Mm, wow. So and many he guys looked right at me now, like, yeah. he like, looked at me like, and I was like, no, here's my, here's the kids expenses. I trust that you're going to take care of your boys. I'll do the rest. God will provide. I got this. And I never went without a meal. I can't say it was the easiest, but what was easy for me was that I stayed positive. I got to focus on rebuilding my life and my career. and you know, we had everything we needed. It wasn't the life I had before, but I chose, we chose to get divorced. So of course I'm not going to be able to live that life. Right. But 
my focus was just being able to get along with him, maintaining that relationship. And we've been really, really good. And as a matter of fact, um, when my kids, it was about five years ago, uh, we decided to sign paperwork that said we would never reevaluate or pay each other child support. Hmm. And we would split everything 50, 50. And I can tell you his income has three X mine, wow. pretty much our entire divorce. Um, and anytime that something we did like 50, 50 with, uh, anything school related, you know, lunches, phones and all that stuff. And then if there was a major expense, because he made more money than me, he would generously stick, stand up and say, cause I didn't make him feel bad. So he had no problem saying, Hey, I got this. Like, and I'd say, Oh, well, I'll pay you. Can I pay you two payments? Oh yeah, sure. And we had an amicable working relationship and our kids never went without, and there was no fighting. And it was great. And I, I mean, I didn't care that their dad could buy them more things than I could, because you want to know what I have a 19 year old son and you want to know what he says right now. He comes to my house and says, mom, I miss your cooking. Like every night we had home cooking. I couldn't afford to eat out. So instead of saying, I can't afford to eat out. Well, that's sure nice that your dad takes you out because we can't afford that. No, I got to give them the gift of home cooked meals every single night. Wow. Right. I never played the victim role. So I looked at it in a different perspective and I thought Zach gets to show them like a fun life. They get to go boating and vacations and they eat a lot of meals out and they, you know, have dad's credit card in their back pocket, but I get to show them a different life, you know, and introduce them to two different ways of living. And so through that, it was really great, but I also really focused on still respecting Zach, their dad as their God appointed authority. Did I always think he was the best has the best dad? No, he went and bought them pit dirt bikes one time. And I was like, ah, no. And then, you know, they would go riding around the streets of Scottsdale. And I was just at my wits end. And I said, I'm giving this to God because I can't pick the day that an accident happens to my kids. And I trust that Zach is their God appointed authority. And he's going to make the right decisions that he feels are working in his home to protect and love our sons. And I, I got that strength through God. And I was like, would pray about it. I was like, God, please, when my kids are with him, put in his heart that he always keeps them safe and protected. And he was a great dad. He's still a great dad. That's awesome. But that instead of controlling that situation, because I chose not to live in that home with them, I can't ma- micromanage the way that they choose to live their life at dad's house. And they need that masculine energy. They need dad to let him stay up late on a school night. Right. So the next day they can feel they're tired and maybe they didn't get their homework done. There's always natural consequences. And if I stepped in and tried to play, you know, devil's advocate, I would only be ruining the natural consequences that they needed to learn. So, you know, I, and I, it, it just worked out really, really well for me to be able to like respect Zach for who he was as their God appointed authority and trust that, you know, he would protect him fine in the way that, that a man needs to in their kids' lives. Yeah. So, you know, you said you burned down three marriages. What do you feel like is like one thing that you've learned about yourself that you did that caused to burn down three marriages? So I didn't understand what a man really needs to be or to have. So I I truly believe that if you understand that a man needs sex and respect, you better find a man when you're dating that makes you enjoy or you enjoy intimacy with him and you admire him for all the qualities he brings to the table, which are not just, oh, he makes a lot of money (laughs) or he buys me things or he provides security because a lot of women look for, you know, security, financial security. 
And I'll admit, I was in my 20s, I was 24, and Zach made $150,000. And I, I mean, I'm 46 now. So 20 years ago, that was a lot of money. And I had a four year old, and I was like, cool, you know, and I probably chose him because not that I respected and thought he was an amazing and the sex was great. No, those weren't even on the table. It was like, hey, he showed up, he had two nice cars, and I had a place to live. Like, so but the one thing is that you really need, if you're, if you're in a marriage and you're struggling with, thinking, is this the right person that I marry? Like try to love that person the way that they need to be loved. As difficult as that is, try to love them the way that they need to be loved. I think it's interesting you said that too, because, you know, again, we have guys that are on their second and third marriages. And I bet if they really think about the person they married, there's probably a lot of these cases of a Zach who married you, who Mm -hmm. was just needing security. You know, when I was in the dating scene a couple of years ago, it was weird because, you know, I, I got married in my 20s and then was married for almost 18 years. Mm-hmm. And then trying the apps was like a whole different world. You know, it's like <laughs> being on the apps like, wait, what? And it just seemed like all the women in Phoenix just looking for another child support check. I was like, I, I'm not I'm not here for a child support check. I'm here for a wife uh, or at least yeah. to have fun. And, and, and they're like, no, they're looking for another baby daddy. And I'm not about that life. Um, but mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot of, I think what's out there. And you have to be as a man aware of what is the other person's intentions. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's like, it obviously Zach is, you know, in hindsight, he probably didn't even see that. Or th- the fact that you did your own work to see that is important. Right. But as men, like you have to be aware. It's not that Teresa was trying to be conniving or manipulative or any of those no. things. It's just that that's what her, was, was important to her, what, what her value was. And this is where we talk about values in marriage and like how they can go off. Your value at that point was, I need security. I need someone to help take care of me. I'm, you know, I'm 24, I get a kid, whatever. And he's just like, oh, she's hot. She's whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and however men think about things. And so I'm bringing this point up because I think there's men that listen to this and it's like, you're about to go make the same mistake again. You're going to go and marry somebody that's just like your ex-wife or is just like the trauma you never dealt with mm-hmm. because you never dealt with the trauma and you never understood why you buy into or why you dated girls that you dated. That was me. I, I, I dated the same type of women my entire life. And then at mm-hmm. this age, I decided I'm no longer going to do that. I'm going to stop hurting myself. I'm going to find somebody who's, who's not toxic and is functional and admires me, loves me for who I am, as opposed to this you know, oh, well, you're sexy or, oh, you're this, you make a lot of money. I mean, I had a Tesla, you know, like it was easy to impress people, you know, with, with you know, your successful business owner and all those things. So men, it's important that you pay attention uh, to this, you know, that you don't fall into that same gap. Um, I know we've got, we're, we're short on time. So I wanted to ask one last question, like, what would you tell these men who are facing separation divorce? How to let go and, and not just move on from the marriage, but how to let go of a wife that says, Hey, I don't want to be in this anymore. Like what is the healthiest way for them to do that? Especially as someone who's been through divorce themselves three times. I'm, and I don't know if you were the, if you were the person who filed all three times or whatever, but, but how, what would you say to them to, for, to help them let go? So if you're considering getting divorced and letting go, so you can move on without guilt and shame for the rest of your life show up as the best person you can be in that relationship as it's even ending like what if, what if they don't have up. a choice like what if they don't have a choice like what if it's the wife filed for divorce they have no choice they don't want this like how, how are they supposed to show up 
So start enjoying yourself, like become the healthiest version of yourself, read books, go to the gym, eat healthy and make sure, you know, that this is the right decision for you, that you were in a healthy spot as you were going through this process. Don't turn to drugs. Don't turn to alcohol. Don't turn to other women. Don't turn to other toxic things to numb the pain, but become the best version of you join programs so that you can get into another relationship and be the healthiest version of you. But it also helps as you're going through the divorce process. And also like, as you're going through the divorce process, give a lot of things to God and don't fight about your money. Like, like it's, it's your ex-wife and it is, it's a, like a pile of rocks. Yeah. Like you think of it as dollar bills, but look at it as like just a pile of rocks and everything needs to be divvied up and be fair. And what does fair look like? I don't know. That's on you. But if you fight about it, it only makes things, you know, way worse and, and uglier. And to be honest with you, if I was getting divorced and my last husband would have stepped up in the areas that I needed him to, I probably would have stopped the divorce. Wow. That happens. All I wanted, all I wanted was to not feel alone in our marriage and to feel loved. Hmm. And so through the divorce process, he could have showed me that and it would have melted my heart because I can tell you most women that file for divorce don't want to be divorced. They just want to be loved. Wow. I got to, I got to end it on that guys. Thank you for, for listening. Teresa Young, the respected man will drop her links uh, from Instagram in our uh, show notes. So look out for those and you can follow her at what's the at handle just so we can say it out loud. What's at the dot respected dot man at the dot respected dot man also yes. on tiktok what's the tiktok handle so my handle on tiktok is Teresa l young and then you can also find me um i have the respected man podcast on uh any podcast channel that you listen to podcasts on <laughs> there you go and i will hopefully be on that someday soon uh yes. well thank you so much for joining us guys if you're listening go check her stuff out it's really good um i love uh getting her now on my fyp uh, all the time so i know what she's up to and then also checking her out on instagram um the blue chew one was probably my favorite uh TikTok <laughs> you've seen. the housewife uh, to the I, was like, I didn't even realize it was you so if you if you have TikTok, go check it out. Look at the Blue Chew one. It's a very interesting ad. It was like, whoa, okay. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's for a particular supplement. We'll just leave it at that. All right, guys, <laughs> <laughs> that's enough for today. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of AF 2.0. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. Join your host, M. Sizzle, J-Dub, and Mandrew as they sip on some bourbon and spit some truth. Welcome to the Bourbon Moment. All right, we got a new question for you. Have you ever been told you look like someone famous? And if so, who was it? And you can't say Kevin Tucker, Andrew. <laughs> well, he's not famous. And we're going to throw him under the he's, bus. He's famous in the empowered man world. So, K-Tuck, I love true. you, buddy. That is true. He loves listening love to you, these. K-Tuck. <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten uh, Dave Franco, James Franco's little brother. Huh, I don't even know who that is. I know who James Franco is, but I didn't know that was Dave Franco. Um, Dave Franco is from, here, I'll pull him up. Actually, I won't share my screen. I was about no, to. Good. Have you ever seen the movie Now You See Me? No. Have you guys ever, I'm not going to go through these. Um, All right. He's James Franco's little brother. We actually, I've done side by sides and we actually do look strangely alike. And in one of his movies, the Now You See Me movie, the guy's name is, is Joe Wilder. I shit you not. So Dave Franco plays Joe Wilder 
and Joey Wilder looks like Dave Franco. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. If Dave Franco hears this, let's hang out. Let's become I mean, friends. yeah, you guys are probably right down the street. He probably lives in L.A. somewhere. I'm in San Diego. Hey, it's just down the street compared to being in Phoenix. It's like two, 200 miles away. It's not 200 I miles. Like I don't like L.A. Yeah, L.A. is like grungy. It's nasty. What about you, Mark? Who do you look like? Wait, hold on. I want to hear Andrew first. <laughs> I like that. That was a good time, Joey. Uh, in my skinnier days, I was called Adam <laughs> Adam Levine. I could see that. When I started getting my like the when jawline and the facial hair, and I was like, probably buck like buck seventy to buck eighty. I got that quite a bit. How many bucks are you now? Two hundred. He's like two hundred ten. <laughs> no, nah, I'm cutting, man. I'm two hundred two hundred two this morning. I'm one ninety two right now. I've Come lost, on, like, man. 10 pounds. I don't, dude. I'm trying to get shredded. Summer's coming. I'm trying to be. Did you get on it? On what? On the Tessinephrine? No, dude. Like, he kept, like, he kept telling me, like, oh, use this third-party mailer, and then he wouldn't send me the information to set it up, and finally I sent him a text. I was like, dude, it seems like this is way too difficult. I'm literally trying to pay you money, and you aren't showing me how to get it. And he never well, responded. California. So what do you yeah, it's California. So... No, I didn't get on it. I'm only doing the T twice a week. But I'm getting strong, dude. I pressed the 110s on incline dumbbell press the other day for 10 reps. I felt like I was the big guy in the gym for the first time. And 24-hour fitness, it's really easy to be the big guy in the gym, just so everyone knows. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, you go to one of those gyms where nobody lifts when you run out of 45s and you're like, uh, can I borrow your 40? You're like walking halfway across the gym. Hey, excuse me. Can I borrow some of your 45s? I just take them. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the other day I was, I was, um, this guy was in the leg press next to me and I was doing the hack squat, you know, and I, and I literally could put on five because he had, he had 10 on, he had 20, he had 20 45s. So he was doing whatever, 900 something pounds. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, dude, how many more sets you got? And he's like, oh, I got two more. I'm like, okay. So I like warm up with five reps you know, five, uh, five plates. And, um, I had to wait for him to get done, uh, to get the rest of my reps in. We were kind of like joking with each other about how there's just not enough 45s in this particular gym. Uh, and there's like eight machines around us, but there's no 45s left because nobody's actually lifting. It's very interesting. Um, some gyms will have a uh, hundred pound plates. Have you seen those, Andrew? hundred pound plates, dude, but they're fucking hefty. You can't find them anymore. Like they're so hard to find. They're old. I think it's because e, I think it's because Elico stopped making them because they started making all their new types of gear. But they used to have hundred pound plates in certain gyms. Yeah, they're sick. Yeah, so you would just stack like four of those on, and they're like that thick. You see a guy stacking those on, you're like, that guy's fucking strong. And what's funny now though is is they they have them where it looks like this, and it's only ten pounds. Yeah. yeah. And you always gotta be careful yeah. about those plastic weights. Plastic yeah. 45s yeah. aren't the same as the steel 45s. They're not. They're not. If you deadlift with steel plates, like actual steel plates, dude, it's a completely different ball game because you don't get the tug. You don't get that initial tug. Steel plates, dude, you're glued to the fucking ground. Like you cannot do the jerk. So anyone that does those like – I don't want to hate on anyone, but anyone that does that like shoot your butt up, throw your butt down, pull really hard, that won't work with metal plates. So if you do a PR, show it to me with metal plates. 
Not I'm not calling anybody out. I'm else. calling people out. <laughs> I don't see the metal plates, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna buy buy Mark a set of metal plates just so we can deadlift every time we're in Arizona. Breakfast, deadlift, lunch, office, breakfast. Dead, every time we're there, dude. The, the, the jewelry place below my office would be going nuts. What the yeah. heck is happening up there? We're like empowered man. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna get some branded EM plates. Yeah, we're we're looking Maybe. at some branded uh, bourbon. How about that? Thanks for joining us on the Bourbon Moment. This is your host, M. Sizzle. I've got Mandrew and I got J. Dub, and we are out. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.